you ever had a dream, Neo, that you were so sure was real? What if you were unable to wake from that dream? How would you know the difference between the dream world and the real world? Hello and welcome to You'll Probably Agree. I have Jessica Lynn, who is an adamant Matrix fan. <laughs> and as uh, we're coming up with John Wick, which is another Keanu Reeves movie this week, we also have the 20th anniversary of The Matrix, the movie that sort of made Keanu uh, more than just the guy from Bill and Ted, mm -hmm. I guess you could say. And um, yeah, it was interesting kind of reviewing the film uh, yesterday, actually, where it has like a lot of like cool, crazy 90s aspects, but it's certainly a movie that broke a lot of ground in terms of its visuals. Mm -hmm. Like everything had the slow motion bullets. They yeah. had the bullet time yeah. that everyone parodied back then. Yeah. And uh, it was a movie that was maybe a little too on the nose with this philosophy, but it worked. Yeah. You know, and it was a movie where the over-the-top action actually made logical sense within the context of the plot. And as someone who's not really into action movies so much anymore, this one still holds up where mm -hmm. you can totally understand why they have this over-the-top action. I guess for me, if I saw the movie, I, I'd say my favorite act is the first act where uh, Neo or Thomas Anderson, well, yeah. I'll call him Tom, no. yeah. <laughs> where Tom doesn't know you know, what's going on in this world. There's this guy always calling him. He's suspecting that something's wrong. We're suspecting that something's wrong because everything in the environment is green, but it wasn't overdone as the way they recently color corrected it, which yeah. was just completely ridiculous. Well, I think they probably did that because of like the new. Well, the sequels uh, used a, 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 a harsher palette, where yeah. the real world was like a harsh blue and the Matrix was a harsh green, which didn't. It's like don't don't George Lucas it, don't mess with it. Just leave, <laughs> just leave the color correction and the cinematography the way that it was intended to be shot by the uh, DP of the film, which yeah. I wouldn't be surprised when looking this up would be the Wachowskis themselves because I recently went to um, a screening at a film festival for Bound, you yeah. know, which was their movie before uh, The Matrix, and it's incredible just the, the, the setups that they had for these. Uh, oh, it was Bill Pope who shot the movie. Oh. I don't know who he is. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... Just the setups that they have, you could tell they had to, like, tear apart that whole set just to get all these different crazy camera angles just for Bound, you know, where the camera's going overhead, it's going in between the walls. Yeah. And it definitely had that Matrix-esque look to it, and you could see how it preceded that. Um, but, you know, despite that, it, God, it, it's you could tell these directors had an eye mm -hmm. that was incredibly unique. And unfortunately, they had that sort of, they, you know, that they, they still need a bounce back. And apparently, according to the director of John Wick 3, they're going to make a Matrix 4, which I don't know if that's going to be a prequel or a sequel or I'm whatever. I'm trying to figure out how that's going to happen when Neo's dead. Yeah, like it could be like maybe the machines ended their peace with the humans or it could be how the matrix got made or it could be about the first one who failed you know it could be any of those oh yeah that would actually be interesting i i've actually because i'm such a huge fan of the series i've always thought thought about a prequel like kind of like yeah how, thinking about how morpheus got into this entire yeah. you know 
thing and you know how he got into it and how he built like the crew of the Nebuchadnezzar and all that stuff I've, yeah I've always wondered how that happened how did Trinity get on board you know mm. Mouse and Apoc and I think that's what the movie's Switch. gonna be yeah that'll be really it's, really it's cool. gonna be a, it's gonna be like uh, the the young X-Men movie that they did way back <laughs> It's gonna be like Baby Matrix, you know. <laughs> and that first yeah. X Men reboot was actually really, really good. So. Oh yeah, 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 that one I really liked, and especially uh, Days of the Future Past. Yeah. Or was that was that the one where they go back in time? Like that was really. Yeah, good. that was really cool. Oh, but man. Apocalypse, we're not gonna talk about that. Yeah, one. <laughs> that was that was a villain of the week, and God, when Dark Phoenix comes out, I don't know why they're doing that. They already made that movie. They did. They did. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. we're just waiting for Disney to just own. Uh, X-Men now because when you fuck up you give it to Disney <laughs> really when you fuck up you give it to Disney and then also well I know this is not this has nothing to do with the Matrix but I wanted to see a Magneto movie so bad from that that entire oh, series God, yeah, because that, Michael Fassbender is like to me like, he's the amazing great, he, he is, is one of the greatest he's actors badass oh my gosh you're oh yeah you're a Steve McQueen fan so you've Huge. seen Shane yeah, he's yeah. Huge. I love Steve McQueen. Man, talking about big with shame. All right, anyways, uh, getting off topic, uh, but let's Sorry. talk about what, <laughs> what what is it about The Matrix? Because that was a mind blowing movie when that came out. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is 1999. Everyone was hyped up for The Phantom Menace, mm -hmm. and then The Matrix kind of came out and in in a way sweeped it under the rug because that was the imaginative, incredible, totally unique film that really kind of overshadowed the failure of that movie in, in many ways. Yeah. Which, I'm not saying that movie's a failure to Phantom Menace. This, this is a discussion that'll be up on the no, YouTube you said channel it right. shortly. You but, said yeah. it right. You said the right thing. <laughs> but anyways, what is it about The Matrix that really turned you on, that made you go, whoa? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, first of all, I love the fact that we had, okay, to most people, Keanu Reeves is a white guy, but yeah. he really isn't a white man. Like he, no, he's part Asian. Right. So, and I, I love the fact that uh, somebody who saved the world was not a white man. That was one of the first things. Like, I don't know. I guess I've, I've always been like socially conscious. Right. So. Um, and his mentor was a black man. Was a black which man. Which really amazing. You yeah. Know? And like growing up a, f a fan of Kung Fu movies, seeing all that stuff like in yeah. this movie, like my favorite movie of all time is uh, Master of the Flying Guillotine. Ah, so yeah, yeah. Um, seeing seeing him, uh, well seeing like all this like this action shit go on and then like this, this crazy story and then like, the camera tricks and the backbending, all that stuff, it, it blew my mind. I was 12 years old when I saw it for the first time. Mm -hmm. So I really didn't like kind of you know, really digest everything that I had seen uh, properly. It took maybe like 10 watches before I was like, yo, this shit is like, this is some real shit right here. Like it, it blew my mind when I finally realized like what the message of the movie was or what mm. I felt the message of the movie was. And like when I, when I saw the comparisons between like the Bible and, you know, yes, this movie. Very and, clear. Uh comparisons between mm -hmm. the two. I think you actually referenced Cypher in the movie who was played by Joey Pants mm -hmm. or Joe Pants Leone if you want mm -hmm. to use his full name. Uh, he was sort of like uh, as someone who's not well versed in the Bible uh, he was sort of, was it Joseph who betrayed Jesus? Judas. Judas who betrayed Ju Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Who's Joseph? I don't know. Joseph like, is, is the stepfather. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, yeah that's right. Joseph's the stepfather. See I, I'm not a real religious guy but yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember in uh, at Bible school, uh, you know, I took that on Sundays, and the 
teacher asked, what did Jesus say when he was on the cross? I raised my hand. She goes, Mike, and I said, ah! <laughs> and the whole class burst out laughing. She was laughing, too. Yeah. But I don't know a lot of stuff offhand. I grew up very religious. I grew yeah. up both Baptist and Catholic. Yeah. So, like, I should really know this stuff offhand, but I don't. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't. It, it takes it, some reads for me to be like, oh, okay, yeah. And yeah. I've never read uh, the New Testament, like, mm. ever, ever, ever. Right. But but what what was it? So you liked sort of how they mixed Kung Fu with uh, philosophy, with a lot of religious iconography. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so th- that's what turned you out. I mean, that's certainly, I mean, it was an intelligent action film, which was the nice thing about it. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was, the, why I, I wish it was, didn't have to rely on action and all that to convey the story, although it works, because it was that first act that really turned me on, when he doesn't know what's going on, and then, you know, he has a choice between the red pill and the blue pill, mm-hmm. and then when he actually enters this whole other world and mm-hmm. everything is turned on its head you know because that's honestly one of the most horrifying scenes i've seen in a movie it is. where it it's is. just a field of children or adults you know who are completely shaven from head to toe mm-hmm. and they're left inside this weird gooey sort of like pink they're substance like in a pod. yeah they're like inside of a womb permanently mm-hmm. and that they have like all these plugs attached to them, and then you know you're watching, and you're like, "What the fuck is going on?" And of course, the reason that movie really resonates with people is because we kind of still feel like we're inside of a simulation in mm-hmm. a way, especially with the rise of technology today. We're constantly connected to our phones, we're constantly connected to our computers. Mm-hmm. It seems like we are always plugged in, and sort of the relevance of that plot is timeless and. It becomes more and more sort of relatable to today because uh, this was like in the 90s when this mm. came out. Now it's 2000, and I feel like more than ever we're in a matrix. You know, just yeah. just the recent presidency makes it feel like a part of a horrible simulation where the computers are going, all right, what, what happens if we put a psychotic clown in office yeah. and see what happens. Yeah, The Matrix was actually one of the first movies that actually opened my eyes up to, like, political shit that was going on around me. Mm-hmm. And, like, now, like, The Matrix has parlayed into, like, my kind of... I don't have, like, a fascination with uh, the show Black Mirror, but it's, like, it's mm. kind of like that whole thing where it's just, like, whoa, like, this is the society that we're living in now, yeah. you know? And I, f- I feel like... I, f- I feel like, you know, they're, they're so similar in... Um, kind of showing us is like although we feel like we're in control of our lives we really aren't yeah in con- or th- sometimes that's how I do feel. you believe in fate neo i know <laughs> because i don't like the fact that i because i don't like the feeling that i'm not in control of my life right i know exactly what you mean <laughs> and right. i do know exactly what he means uh-huh. <laughs> yeah like sometimes I, sometimes i feel like you know our lives are predestined like yeah. you know um i know i believe although i I am very religious. I do believe in like the supernatural and I do believe in like mm. psychics and stuff like that. And people mm-hmm. have told me so many times, like, like I've, I actually have sat down with psychics and they've told me like, this is going to happen. And I, I'll try to forget it. Yeah. And sure enough, does it not happen? Well, we do it's have, like when they had the uh, scene with deja vu with the kitten, mm-hmm. you know, we've had, I've mm-hmm. had those dreams. I remember very adamantly when I was a young man, I, had this dream where I had like this Nickelodeon toy product. It was like some slime. It spilled <laughs> out of the bottle, and that exact image happened the next day. 
And I said to my mom, I dreamt this, you know, mm -hmm. because there's a part of our brain that we don't use that uh, actually 50% of our brain, I believe we don't use, but I could be totally wrong. I'm not, I'm not a uh, neurologist, yeah, I think some you know, of us only use 20% of our brain. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, if you work in customer service, yeah, most like, of them oh wear God, red seriously? hats, um, but yeah, <laughs> um, but that, that's a, the amazing thing is the whole idea of the film is to free your mind mm -hmm. is to to uh, to exp reach beyond your own horizons and yeah you know you get a lot of you might get some uh, film people who will say there's a YouTube channel I really like uh, who's called uh, Channel Awesome and uh, the main critic on there didn't really like the Matrix he thought it was kind of sophomoric in his messaging I'm like you know what it may be a little sophomore, mm -hmm. but it connects to people and yeah. it works. And it could connect to people on so many different levels too. Yeah. Not not just religion, not just political. It could yeah. be you know just like all of a sudden, uh, all of a sudden, excuse me, a burst of popularity. Like it can yeah. relate to so many different things. Oh yeah, yeah. It's uh, I mean it's amazing how much of that movie is kind of. Uh, relevant today. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It, it, when you, uh, I mean, what was like a particular scene that really hit you with uh, with the movie? Like, uh, do you have a particular favorite scene? Well, I, the scene that really gets to me the most is kind of like, well, not kind of. It, it is the scene when he is running away. The first scene that he's running away from the agents. Mm. And he's saying to himself, like, what did I do? I'm nobody. Like, why do they want me? When, he, when he's on the middle of the uh, scaffolding of the building. Yeah. yeah. And it's it, he's so doubtful of himself. And yeah. I remember watching that back uh, the first time and really kind of being like, yo, like, that's that's me. Like, you know, like, <laughs> I, I, I don't have a lot of confidence in myself to do a lot of the things that I want to do. Yeah. Um, or that I know I can do. And mm -hmm. so that, that was something that really resonated with me. I think I was, like, 19 or 20 when I first saw that. And yeah. not when I first saw it, but when I first, like, it first clicked in me, it was like, yeah. damn, like, that's you, bitch. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I was 13 when that movie came out, yeah. Yeah, I was, I was 12 years old when the movie yeah. came out, but like I said, like, I was I was a young kid, and it took some tr some watches for me to be like, you know, yeah. yo, like, it, it hits on so many different levels, but that right there was like a personal hit for me mm -hmm. because he was, it was, he was so doubtful of himself, and he was so, he didn't, he did not believe that he could escape these agents, and it was a simple thing. He literally could have just, well, no, because I'm afraid of heights. I'm afraid of heights because he, had, he, it wasn't just he had to like go to this. To yeah, the, I don't think that's a simple thing. Be like, hey, uh, go, like, out, he, go outside this, uh, <laughs> this ten-story building and just you know, kind of shimmy along the sides of but it. But like, Morpheus, Morpheus mm. and Trinity both believed that he could do it. And he didn't believe that he can do it. That yeah. that was the part that was like really really fucked. Yeah, up. yeah, yeah. I I always wondered though, like, why did he trust this guy so mm -hmm. much on the phone? Like, some random guy's calling you. Right. He's telling you to do all this crazy shit. He's like hacking your computer, and I think because he was connected to the Matrix in a way, and the and yeah. in a way he was using the machine to speak to him. And the Matrix could be that thing yeah. that is giving you that self doubt. Like kind of, it, yeah. it could be like, uh, what does RuPaul say? Your inner saboteur. Mm -hmm. it, it can so you don't you don't excel past where uh, yeah. certain people don't want you to excel. Yeah. You know, it's just like, you know, like the rich and the poor or yeah. like Republicans. They, Republicans don't want poor people to become rich. No. You know, not. so like it, Although it, it could be like poor themselves. But exactly. But like the, the main ones, yeah. they don't want you to become rich. No. 
Yeah. So it's like, you know, they, 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 they put this self-doubt in your head or like the public school system, especially like mm. the public school system in, the, in black communities. Like mm. they put that doubt in your head so you don't succeed. So you can fall into like this line of poverty and crime and all of that stuff, you yeah. know. And it, that could have been, you know, Neo's, the Matrix was definitely Neo's uh, in the saboteur. It was like, no, we don't. It could have put that in his head. No, we don't want you to to believe that you can do this. Yeah, you know, because they, they like wanted him to follow the line of code that they created. Exactly, for him. It, like and he was going against the program. Yeah, yeah, that was. I mean, you know, when when they have that uh, scene where they're interrogating him. Oh, that's scary. And, oh, the, the mouth. Yeah. That's the scariest. Like that entire, yeah. like even when like they're in the interrogation room and then they're they're in the car. He's in the car with yeah. Trinity and Apoc and Switch and and I'm like, oh my god! Like oh, when they suck the thing out of his stomach. Foreign objects. Yeah. In my body. Yeah. That is the, that is like one of my worst fears. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to my colonoscopy. <laughs> you know, it's I just don't want it. And now I'm getting to that age where I'm gonna need one. I feel like I'm screaming at you. Am I screaming at you? No, you're I, not. When I'm passionate about what I'm talking about, I, I get really loud. I'm no, sorry. get as loud as you want. <laughs> Obviously, you have not seen my Oscar rant where I was screaming in the basement of a bar, and they were wondering if I was getting in a fight. I'm like, no, let's just talk about the Oscars. Listen, next time you do, <laughs> next time you you do the Oscar thing, we're gonna have to do it together because I the, the Oscars <laughs> is my Super Bowl. Yeah, the, so, yeah, one of my saying. friends who's a gay guy calls it the gay Super Bowl. It really you know, is. It, it is. It's like, that's sort of my feminine side coming out when it comes to the Oscars. <laughs> I'm just like, how can they let that film win? Oh, my God. You know, but. Oh, the year that uh, Michael Fassbender did not win for portraying. For 12 years. Edwin Epps. I was what? pissed. Well, who won that year? Um, fucking, what's his name? Um, Pretty Boy, Jared Leto. Oh, fuck that shit. Oh, yeah, Jared Leto won an Oscar for it playing was a pity, himself. It was a pity vote. It was a pity vote. <laughs> it was a pity vote. Oh, we got to show representation. Yeah, but he's just really kind of playing himself. He, he, was, a, he, was, a, he was a trans person. Yeah, he already like is, that. isn't he? No, he's not. No, he he is really, like he's just really pretty, you know. Yeah, he's just really pretty and smug. And I hate Jared Leto. Uh, but anyways. <laughs> I don't hate Jared Leto. I, I just, I, I think that we're giving him too much, like, yeah. Michael Fassbender. His best I, performance was Requiem for a Dream. It really was. But yeah. honestly, if you if you ever want to do this again and we talk about Michael Fassbender films, I'm here. Oh, man, you. yeah. Michael Fassbender is amazing. He I love is him. He is. He's like my man crush. <laughs> he, he's my crush crush. Uh, Seriously. I've woo, always said... Shame. Oh, yeah. Um, but anyways... Uh, oh, my cup, my outside, cup is empty. Outside now. of that... But yeah, Lawrence Fishburne though uh, yes. was incredible in that movie, and mm -hmm. Lawrence Fishburne has been in the game for a while. Yeah. He he was uh, if you've ever seen Apocalypse Now, he was one of the guys on the boat. I think uh, he was like the guy who controlled the gun. He was kind of like this cocky kid. He yeah. was like 19 when he was in that movie, or 16 or something I like that. He was in a movie when he was a kid. Like, is it Pittsburgh or Fish? Something. Uh, it, it was a lot of stuff. So, like, Lawrence Fisher, he was, like, probably, like, 40 when he did The Matrix, right? Because Samuel Jackson's actually 70. And, and he, he is. Yeah. He is? Yeah. Wow. Like, seriously, black really does not crack. It does not crack, you know? <laughs> I'm white, and I just, yeah, you could just tell right away. Like, the difference how I look 10 years compared to today. Like, I'm the quintessential example of, oh, th this guy got fat after high school. But, um... What I liked 
about Fishburne's portrayal as Morpheus was that you could re he really carried those monologues mm -hmm. you know because keanu reeves you know i think we all know he's not the best actor in the world oh come he, on he's the greatest but he <laughs> is the greatest human being in the world yeah he, he's 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 just a sweetheart of a man so i just i'll let it slide this. yeah i'm sorry to cut you off but yeah. uh lawrence fishburne's first movie role was corn cornbread earl and me in 1973 wow. when he was a kid yeah and that, so i think that right. was a movie starring and Apocalypse Now, I think, was 78, 77, but uh, I'm not going to... That's yes. when he was Larry Fishburne. Yes, yes, Larry. <laughs> Which would be funny, like, who plays Morpheus? Larry! Larry Fishburne. <laughs> but no, you hang on his every word in that movie, yeah. because he has that that sort of calm cadence where... He knows everything that's going to happen 10 steps before it does. Yeah. And he truly is the mentor. And people question him. They wonder why he's doing what he's doing. Uh -huh. But you know what? He he was phenomenal in those. It was just a scene where everybody's walking around and then he stops time. And he's explaining to Neo, like, how the world works. Mm -hmm. or, or, of course, the best scene in the movie, or one of the best scenes is when he's kind of given the exposition of what the matrix is and he's mm -hmm. talking about how humans are, you know, uh, fed into how the dead is fed intravenously to the living, mm -hmm. how the earth is destroyed, how there's endless fields where mm -hmm. human beings are grown, how you're turned into a battery. Mm -hmm. It's like you're hanging on those words cause they're horrifying. It's mm -hmm. juicy dialogue. Yeah. And this is, it's something about what you just said. Like, uh, the cadence in his voice is very godlike. Yes, 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 exactly. Mm -hmm. And it's 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 uh it's very to me it's like it's very it's godlike. Deep and, voice. Yeah, yeah, and it's very like dreamy, you know. Yeah. And it's it's no it's it's is is once again very biblical because yeah. uh he's the captain of Nebuchadnezzar and the Nebuchadnezzar is uh what was it King Nebuchadnezzar mm. or Nebuchadnezzar king of Babylon was the king of dreams or he had something to do with dreams in the oh, Bible. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. like it, it's like I said very very dreamy, very yep. very What other Bible references are there in the Matrix? As someone who's not who who doesn't know a lot about it. Uh well, when Neo was very doubtful of himself, that yeah. was Thomas the, the doubtful. Um, mm. One of Jesus's apostles was very like he was a he was a follower of a follower of Jesus, uh. and so he he never believed in himself. And like Jesus, uh, Thomas the Doubtful was uh, one of the like he's probably one of the lesser known um, apostles because, yeah. he, like I said, he was a follower of a follower. Mm -hmm. He didn't believe in himself. I think he's in the Book of John. They talk about him a little bit more in that. Yeah. Um, and then of course Trinity. Trinity being yes, yes. the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. Ah, uh, that's you know? what Trinity, yeah, it's three yeah. in one. And that's exactly why she, um, Carrie Ann Moss in the movie looks so androgynous, because she yeah. she's not supposed to look like one thing. She's technically a spirit, oh, you know? So that's yeah. why she, you know, has her hair cut short and kind of has, like, a mannish face. Hmm. And we all know that Carrie Ann Moss is gorgeous. I mean, she looked good in that movie, too. Yeah. I didn't mind the short hair. Yeah, I didn't, yeah. I didn't mind it either. <laughs> she, she looked really, really good. But, yeah. you know, she... She, she. I honestly feel like she was picked because she kind of has like a boyish, uh, like a handsome face. Yeah. Like she's beautiful, but she has like a handsome quality to her yeah. face, which you know, kind of is like a, like I said, very androgynous, kind of like very Grace Jonesy, but mm. you know, a white lady. It, it's funny, <laughs> like when you when you see now how the uh, Wachowski brothers at the time, Andy and Larry, have become 
uh, Lily and Lana, mm-hmm. you could really see how they were able to write these badass women in these films. Mm-hmm. If you see Bound, you could see like two women who outsmart all the men and who are actually very much calm uh, psychologically while all the men are just emotional wrecks. Mm-hmm. You know, you see Joey Panson in uh, Bound. He's he's losing his mind because mm-hmm. he can't figure out who killed uh, the guy who was supposed to give him the money. And then he's losing his shit. He's tearing apart the apartment the whole time when... You know, either these two girls could die, either Gina Gershon mm-hmm. or Jennifer Tilly, they keep their shit together. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trinity, too, she was always able to keep her shit together. She was always very calm. And the f- first scene of that movie, we have a badass woman in yes. that scene. Yes. Where, like, all the agents are running after her. She jumps in between the buildings. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Nobody for a second complained. Back then, like, oh, you're trying to social justice warrior. You didn't have those internet trolls back then because the internet wasn't as accessible as today. Yeah, we had dial-up back then. (laughs) Yes, exactly. It took us 45 minutes to prove our point. It took me me two hours to download the Phantom Menace trailer. Really? Yeah, and it was worth it. Um, (laughs) But... It was amazing how they wrote a black mentor, Mm -hmm. how they had a white woman who was um, absolutely independent and strong on her own, and they didn't limit her to her gender. And, of course, like, Neo, yeah, I mean, Keanu Reeves is part Asian, but, like, nobody really thinks about that. I think he's he's just kind of still the white guy who's a savior, but it didn't feel like a white savior movie. Yeah, but like this wasn't like Dances with Wolves or something like that. Yeah, but also look at their casting choices. I, yeah. I'm not I'm not quite sure who they tried to put, who else they tried to put in that role of Neo besides Will Smith. But like, look oh at that. yeah, that's right. That's, that's, Will Smith so, was gonna be in that role, and mm-hmm, but he, he tried to make it that. funny. <laughs> Is that why they didn't cast him? Or? Yeah, he he wanted to make it funny. He wanted Neo to oh, have like no. a bunch of bad bitches. Like no, no. But like, just look at that. Yeah. They went. They clearly were going for somebody who was not a typical white man. And even yeah. though like people look at Keanu Reeves and they were they, maybe they might not see Asian. He's yeah. still not the savior that we are used to seeing. He is not the blonde-haired, blue-eyed Jesus the that Nazi they sell blue- us. Oh, okay. I was thinking of uh, the Nazi blonde-haired, blue-eyed. But Jesus looked, too, yeah. Mm-hmm. He didn't give him long hair or mm-hmm. anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't look like Hayden Christensen in Revenge of the Sith with the long, Honestly, he kind of looked like a like a goth dude. Like, you know, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, Everyone like, all did, emaciated though. and... The production, is, the production and costume design of that movie... Had this very European sort of influence to it. Everyone's wearing these. You know what just entered Hmm. my mind, and I'm sorry to cut you off. No, go ahead. Cut me off all you want. Neo (laughs) and Trinity kind of looked alike in the movie. They did. Oh my God. Like maybe they were like. Maybe they were one. (laughs) Oh my God. Because all all this time I'm thinking, like, oh no, like, you know. Trinity is she's supposed to be a spirit. That's why she's not she she's not a man or a woman. Maybe they they cast somebody as Trinity um, to mirror Keanu yeah. Reeves. Yeah, exactly. Like li- they look well, almost exactly alike. She did. She was. She she did need him in order to be back alive. Which I thought that scene was kind of silly. The whole Sleeping Beauty scene where trinity says you're not actually dead because i love you and this mm-hmm. is after agent smith shot him you said you hear that i love you and she kisses him and he comes back to life like yeah. i don't know that was 
ridiculous. But, I th- um, but <laughs> maybe maybe that was the spirit part of the Trinity. Right, right. I think maybe. that's where the philosophy of the movie kind of got up its own ass a little bit too much. <laughs> um, but outside of that, she, she, you know, she did work in that in that a- essence where she kind of kept everyone together as a Father, Son, and a Holy Spirit as yeah. a Trinity. You know, she she kind of kept. Uh, Neo and Morpheus kind of remember when they were supposed to save Morpheus mm-hmm. she said I'm going with you whether you like it or not mm-hmm. and without her support they wouldn't have saved Morpheus without the three they're the three amigos mm-hmm. and you know without those three you wouldn't have anything yeah. and you know what the one thing that I love about this movie and I oh I'd love to get the Agent Smith in a minute, moment but oh, yeah yeah, yeah uh, Hugo Weaving was Nah, I think like he can't ever outlive that role because every time everyone sees him, they just see Agent Smith because mm-hmm. he was just scary as hell in that movie. Um, but uh, the the other thing, I forgot what I was gonna say now. <laughs> so we'll just go with Hugo Weaving until I get my <laughs> until until I get my uh, mind back on track no here. Worries. Yeah, uh, I thought he was uh, an amazing part of this film because in a way. He, you were kind of tempted by him whenever he would interrogate you. Like, you'd want to take his offer. When he was interrogating uh, Neo, as we were talking about earlier, mm-hmm. when he's saying, hey, this Morpheus guy is a known terrorist. We'll give you an, uh, you know, we'll give you an offer you can't refuse in a way. Mm-hmm. You know, if you cooperate with us, we'll help you out and drop all your charges. Mm-hmm. I was, th- it's like, I want to do a sketch where Neo's like, I didn't know he was a terrorist. Yeah, sure, I'll give you everything. Yeah. And then the movie just ends. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> he he was kind of right when he said, I want to get out of this matrix. I want to get out of this yeah. horrible environment. I feel like I'm stuck. It's the smell. You know, <laughs> like everything. Mm-hmm. You, you actually... Although he's an evil son of a bitch, you can understand where he's coming from. You know, and what? he wants freedom just like everyone else. So there is a sort of sympathetic side to him. Yeah, but it's you know because he, he knows that he's underneath. a program. Yeah, he knows that he's a program, and he knows that like you know it's it's something bigger out there. Yeah, and he doesn't want to be a part of it. Um, and to me, it reminds me of like. I look at uh, Agent Smith as being a rogue Gestapo, mm-hmm. like somebody who like really thinks that, like, okay, I know I have to work for this yeah. machine. I know I have to work for this machine, but I yeah. don't really want to. Yeah. Like, I'm a, I'm a part of something else. Oh, I want to be a part of something bigger, or I know I can do bigger things. Mm-hmm. Kind of like in in that way of uh, what is that movie? Inglorious Bastards, uh-huh. where um, yeah. Oh my God, what is his name? I can't think. Brad of... Pitt. No, <laughs> the the Gestapo. The, oh, the head Gestapo. Christoph Waltz. Yes, well, but what was his character's name? Oh, I don't know. I forgot his name. <laughs> but you you remember how his character was a part of the machine. He was yeah. a, he was a Gestapo. He was evil. He was like he was the main evil guy, but yeah. he he wanted to break away from that and mm-hmm. like kind of become like the hero. And remember mm-hmm. he was like towards the end of the movie he was trying to become like the hero of um ending World War 2, you yeah. know, ending like this entire thing. And it was just like, no, like you're yeah. still a Nazi, you yeah. know? You still follow Hitler. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't matter. I think he was helping them with the assassination of Hitler just so that he could have power. Yeah. And that was the thing that Smith and wanted in the end was absolute power. Because if you if you fast forward to, to it the towards the Yeah, you fast you know? forward to it towards the third movie and you see like, yeah, that's exactly yeah. what he was trying to do. That's he was trying to become like ridiculous. a bigger person. Yeah. <laughs> oh god, yeah. that movie is ridiculous. Program. And just the, the menacing laugh. <laughs> like, it, it was a lot. What the fuck? It was a lot. It was you really They turned him into a joke. 
Like, just find a different agent or something. But anyways. Yeah, I, I the digress. second and third we're, movies, we'll, we'll probably touch on that later, but they were very dense. Like, they were so thick. I don't know. They, they, they uh, yeah, it's it's a little bit like when uh, George Lucas was screening the rough cut of The Phantom Menace and he turned over to uh, his, his editor and a few other people and he said, I think I might have gone too far in a few places. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, yeah. Um, but... See, I never was a, a Star Wars person. Yeah. So, I mean, I remember watching Return of the Jedi with my dad when I was a kid. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I that don't. was the least good one of the original. See, trilogy. and that's literally yeah. the only one I remember. Oh, uh, yeah. You got to see uh, M- Empire Strikes Back. Okay. Because, you know, you had Star Wars, it was like light and fun, and then Empire was like a huge kick in the nuts, you know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, I mean, I guess maybe one day, one of these days I'll finally just sit down and watch uh, Star Wars or whatever. Just but watch the originals in the I just, original I really form. just couldn't get into them. Yeah. I just couldn't. Mm. Well, it's a, it's a nostalgia thing. Um, but with, with The Matrix, you, uh, the, the one thing I wanted to point out outside of Hugo Weaving was one character I could really empathize with, and I think I might have done the same thing, was Cypher, you know, mm-hmm. who uh, was Judas in the story, as, yeah. as you said. You know, the guy who betrayed Jesus. Except, didn't Judas, didn't Jesus tell Judas to betray him? Oh, or, he told he told Judas that he will betray him. Oh, but he, so he was just kind of a coward asshole anyways in mm-hmm. the Bible. Yeah, because when Cypher uh, had that little dinner with Agent Smith, and he said, I just want to get the hell out of this place. I want to become something like a movie star. And he said, whatever you want. And then, you know, he's killing everyone in the ship. But it's like, he's totally right when he tells, when he says to Morpheus, if you showed us what the Matrix was, we would have told you to take that red pill and shove it right up your ass. Yeah. I'm just like, yeah, I would have too. Like, honestly, like if you were, if you, and that's the nice thing with this character. It does make you question. And Neo actually responds in a realistic manner, too, when he gets all the information and he pukes and passes out on the floor. Mm-hmm. Like, if you were in, like, Cypher's situation, like, or anyone's situation, if someone pulled you out, they didn't tell you what the Matrix is, you woke up in the real world, would you want to go back and then, you know, just say, fuck it, I'll be part of the simulation? Or would you want to live your existence in this, you know, this horrible, destroyed world? Right. I feel you. Yeah. But, are you... Hmm. Like, I don't know. I I kind of agreed with Cypher. I'm like, if I was in his position, I'd be like, look, can you just plug me back in? I'm thinking about it sucks. from, like, <laughs> my point of view yeah. as a woman. I can no longer do the girly things that I like. can't wear makeup. I can't wear high heels. I can't have mimosas at yeah. brunch with my girls anymore. I can't have steak like like Cypher the, didn't have but, steak. But Smith will give you whatever you want if you want to, oh, yeah. It's, it's kind of like selling your soul to the devil. Do I need this Exactly. Me? Smith, when he's talking, and I don't know if you detail that in your essay or not, but when Smith is talking to Cypher and saying, we'll give you what you want, it's it was the devil tempting Jesus, you know, with water when he was starving. Yes, yeah. and I did not. I did not touch on that. Yeah. I did not know, but but didn't at one point the devil went to Judas. The devil went to mm-hmm. Judas, and he gave him like what uh, six pieces of silver. But probably I didn't read the Bible. It wasn't my kind of book. Yeah. The Bible was yeah. actually a really good book. Like I don't. A lot of people kind of like ah, oh, you you believe in that shit? And I'm like, well, it's like, like if you just read it as fiction. It's you know right. But I, yeah. I look at it as a form of self help. 
well, that's what it was originally. Like, the Bible was originally written to keep a bunch of nuts in check. And then, unfortunately, the nuts took it too seriously. Yeah. Because you can't tell Christians, yo, we didn't even celebrate Christmas until like a hundred something years ago. Yeah. Like, no, it's Jesus' birthday. Yeah. <laughs> it's like yes uh jesus was we don't even know when he was actually born it was probably like july or something i know me and jesus got the same birthday august 3rd oh he was born <laughs> august 3rd okay i have no idea yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like i'm sure he was born and santa claus was there and gave him a bunch of presents but, <laughs> but according to the bible jesus is a capricorn so that's what we're gonna have to have it as he's yeah. a capricorn okay but, but you know, if you were if you were tempted by agent smith or the devil would you take that would you take that offer Oh, man. Actually, someone asked me this. Actually, no, I asked Facebook this recently after I watched the uh, Robert Johnson documentary. Yeah. So, you know, because, you know, people are saying that Robert Johnson sold his soul to the devil and then he became like, you know, I guess like rich and famous, you know, in the Mm. blue scene. And I was like, is that how it happens? Like, Mm. do you you really do that? Is, you know, um, if I could sell my soul to the devil and be and have anything that i wanted to have or just in the context of the matrix i mean without repercussion if i would live because cypher didn't live yeah if i could live definitely yeah see me too i'd be like yeah i'll fucking kill everyone on this ship because they ruined my life and they ruined each other's lives fuck morpheus in those glasses with no sides like they have no arms how the fuck does that stay on his face (laughs) how the fuck does that stay on his i never got that (laughs) Fuck Morpheus. <laughs> Fucking smug asshole. Look at me. How my sunglasses like stay on my face and they don't have a side. Like you think like in between every take when he put his head down they'd fall and be like oh, he shit. Fell on he the ground. Like, yeah. <laughs> he he probably broke so many glasses. Too. Like that. That's just like that. Just should have been in the film where like the glasses keep falling off of him. Yes. <laughs> There's uh the Eric Andre show. Uh, Hannibal plays. Morpheus. <laughs> oh God! And he has the glasses without the sides. Yeah. Like that alone is the funniest shit I think I've ever seen. <laughs> Morpheus, Orpheus, da 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 da. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, it's like. But that's why <laughs> uh, I love Cipher because I can totally connect uh, to his plight. Because you would want to do that. You would. You would be like, Fuck yes. this. I am not staying on this earth. Like you, you fucked us all. Like, and like honestly, if Morpheus just came to you and you're like, "Look, I don't want to take these pills. Can you just tell me what the Matrix is?" And he's like, "Well, it's a virtual reality world that we all live in, and you're actually currently in a gigantic field uh, as a fetus." Seriously? I'd be like, "Okay, you're crazy," and then I just leave. You can't. You can never have sunlight again. That yeah. that is that is one of the things that yeah. like, we need as human beings. We need sunlight. Yeah, you can never have that. Darkness, constantly in darkness, and I'm on this fucking ship. I have to eat the snot. Yeah, you know that. Oh, it looked gross, and then I have holes on my body. No. Yeah, fuck that. I would told. I would sell them out so fast. Yeah, exactly. Bye, Nebuchadnezzar. Yeah, fuck that. So, uh, yeah, he was, so, you know what, he wasn't always, I didn't think, like, Cypher was a bad guy, but damn, like, I could totally understand why he did what he did. Yeah. But then, uh, we didn't get to talk about uh, Keanu Reeves as Neo in that movie. Yeah. And it's, it's strange, because, yeah, Keanu Reeves, he plays everything, like, really one note. 
and probably another actor could have done a better job. Oh God! But y'all, y'all are gonna stop shitting on Keanu. I, I don't. Hey, I love Keanu Reeves. He bought everyone like a car on the Matrix sequel. A motorcycle. A motorcycle. Was yes. It? Yes. Uh, he's, a, he's a huge gearhead. Yeah, and he like takes the subway to work. Like he's the greatest human being on yeah. earth. Um, but I met him when I was a little kid. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Oh, what was that like? It was really cool. Um, I w- <laughs> I met him. They w- they were filming the movie Chain Reaction, and they mm. I guess they used my school as like a um, like a warming sy- uh, yeah. station or whatever. Um, and I remember sneaking down when I really wasn't supposed to. Yeah, you uh, can sneak it down sneak there. Outside, and I saw him. I was just like, and you were a little kid, right? I was a little kid. And the oh, only yeah, they'll let you do what you only want. thing I kid. remember was no, yeah. I was not. I was supposed to be in class. I was not supposed to be there. Fuck that. I was supposed to be in class. But I went... I went down to like, cause they they use our cafeteria as a as a warming station. Yeah. And uh, I went down there. I saw him, and I had only yeah. known him from um, Speed. Yeah. You know. Was, and, oh yeah, yeah. He had he had Bill and Ted and Speed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then what was the movie where uh, he was a surfer and he was with Patrick Swayze? Point Break. Yeah. They had the Nixon try to wash in. Yeah. <laughs> I love that movie. Yeah. I am an FBI oh, agent. agent. <laughs> oh, but no, uh, Keanu was performed. So, so uh, you got to. So you ran into Keanu like on set. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw him, and he was. I, I was kind of like in shock, and he was like, "Hey, how you doing?" And he called yeah. me cute and sent me on my way. <sighs> yeah, I That's was. Sweet. I was in second or third grade at the time. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, but the Keanu, I don't know. Like, although he plays everything one note. It's kind of like I think it worked in a way with that movie because mm-hmm. he's supposed to be a fish out of water. He really he's is supposed to be sort of centralized, and also he's supposed to be. If he's going to be the one, he has to be in control of his emotions, mm-hmm. and he very much is in control of his emotions in that mm-hmm. movie. Maybe a little too much show, so but you know what? We bought him as as Neo. Yeah, he has the he least worked. amount of lines in the movie. He does. Mm-hmm. He doesn't talk a lot. He's kind of like, it's kind of like when you play a video game and you have like, you play like Zelda or something like that and your character doesn't speak much. I but don't more know like what you're, you're talking the, about. It's like when you play a video game and you're the character. You. And it's a reflection of yourself. have officially lost me at video <laughs> game. <laughs> All right, fair the enough. last video game I played was Crash Bandicoot 2. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not a gamer. No, that's all right. <laughs> I guess what I was saying is, uh, without the video game analogy, um, <laughs> that Neo is a reflection of ourselves. Yes. He's kind of soaking all this information in. Yeah. He's kind of a blank slate, but there is a characteristic to him, which is he wants to know more about the world. He wants to, he's, he's mm-hmm. you know, he's like a Luke Skywalker. He wants to break free of his environments. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, as in traditional screenplay structure... He moves on to this bigger world, mm-hmm. which is a gigantic shit hole stuck in a ship with no sunlight. But <laughs> yeah, but like he, when you're when you're learning about the world around you, you're not talking. Yeah. You're sitting back, you're listening, you're listening to other people who know more than you. Yeah. So he's actually doing the right thing so by he, not saying too much. Yeah, he was like a sponge absorbing yes. information. It's perfect. Uh, in the sequels, he's still kind of a sponge though, and they don't really develop him further. But yeah, that was one of the things that I didn't like. He was still like kind of lost. It was like, dude, how long have you been here? Yeah. And then he's like, and then he gets like psychic powers in the third one, 
what? <laughs> like, the, the reason The Matrix worked was that, although it was science fiction, it was placed within a tangible, believable environment where all these things that these people are doing are inside of the context yeah. of a virtual reality world. Like, you're playing a video game. You can do whatever the hell you want. You know, and Neo was the guy with all the cheat codes, and he could do what he wanted down yeah. there. All of a sudden, when they make the, uh, uh, the the sequels, and then you have machines coming into the real world, and now they're actually introducing things that are not tangible, where Neo's able to, like, destroy the Sentinels with the power of his mind, and he can actually see the world, although his eyes have been, yeah. like, He's blind, out. but he can still see. yeah. Which, uh, yeah, that was an old thing in the Bible where Jesus uh, helped the man see who was blind. Mm -hmm. They did that. And, of course, you know, Neo sacrifices his life to save everyone. Mm -hmm. That was the Jesus thing. They even put him in, like, the whole crucifix pose. Yeah, they did. Yeah. That, I was like, this is over the top. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's where, yeah, that's where it just got ridiculous. Um, yeah, but, but if you look at all three movies as a whole... They make sense as a whole. I think that they just were too preachy in the in the the last the the the, the sequels. They were too preachy in the sequels because yeah. the first movie is about it's, it's about beginning, middle, and end. Yeah. Uh, birth, life, death. Yeah. You know, it, that's what it's like. It yeah, should have just been one about. movie, honestly, because we get it. He's gonna I, destroy I, the system. He's flying towards the camera at the end. We get it. We we get it, we're but win. I, I think some of us really did want to see what life was like in Zion and wh what else Neon can... Uh, Neon. And was, Neon it, can and was it gratifying? <laughs> the, some people told me that the yeah. second... Well, one person told me that the second movie was the best movie. It was better than the first. And I was like, nah. I don't... And they, but they said that the second movie was better than the first because of the fact that uh, the... The fighting scenes were better, so some people are really just looking well, that's at. Just, that's just that's just on a uh, visceral level that they enjoy it. Yeah, some people are just a, yeah. honestly just looking at you know the surface. They're looking at all yeah. the action scenes, and they're not looking. I at... I like it when he jumps on the car. It's cool. Yeah, the fight <laughs> the fighting scene on the car, you know, yeah. on the top of the trucks were really awesome. Like, they were all right. Like honestly, but what but, does that have to do with the story? Like what we like about the movie exactly. is the story. I think a lot of people, if you're if you're if you're the typical uh, moviegoer, yeah, and you're not really thinking about a um, a plot, you yeah. just want to see action. Then there you go. Go see but Transformers. If, you know, <laughs> hello. <Yeah. laughs> but if you if you are a um, if you are somebody who likes a plot, who likes a story, who likes a conducive story, yeah. Like, you know, then The Matrix is not it. It could have just been just that one. Yeah. And honestly, I feel like if it would have just been that one movie, The Matrix would probably would have been named one of the greatest movies of all times. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, that's a that's a big statement as one of the greatest movies of all time. But I guess uh, at least close one to of the it. greatest American action films. American action films. Yeah. There you go. Um, I would I would say that although the average moviegoer, you know, we like to kind of uh, place them in this box of all oh, they're dumb and they just want to see stuff on the surface. But think of a movie like Batman Begins. The action in that movie is terrible. Mm -hmm. The camera's constantly cutting around. You can't tell what the hell's going on. Yeah. But 
the average moviegoer and everyone loved it. Yeah. Why? Because of the plot. Yeah, I was about to say know? the story. Yeah. Yeah. Because the character development. Because we see how Bruce Wayne becomes Batman. Mm -hmm. That's why we loved The Matrix. It was the plot. Mm -hmm. And yes, the action certainly helped. Because the action was masterfully crafted. Mm -hmm. I mean, this was a movie where they didn't use stuntmen. And a lot of those actors got injured. Mm -hmm. There were multiple injuries on it. Because mm -hmm. when those guys are fighting, they're actually fucking fighting. They really they? are, yeah. Like, you're just like, Jesus. I've only they... seen Batman Begins one time, but yeah. I, from what I remember, it was very super-duper yeah. action-packed. And what you said is true. Like, you really don't know what's going on. It's like, okay, come on. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's also really dark, too. Yeah. Again, atmosphere, production design, cinematography, costume design, editing, pacing, music, acting, all of it has to work but see you know? what i think warner brothers did with the matrix this time yeah. uh they wanted to like jump on it because like yeah. i think they they had fucked up with uh with the batman movies and oh they, with the joel schumacher yes yeah, 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 yeah. like um, although batman forever to me is a good movie it was the, yeah, the I mean, following so movie it was just like what the why yeah then it turned into like i thought joel schumacher one already was in the stuff in the wrong direction but I mean, when they gave uh, Tim Burton Batman Returns, they said, we'll make it a Tim Burton movie. I don't think they know, knew he'd just turn into a giant, weird freak show. And <laughs> but, the, but Gotham is a weird place. Yeah, yeah. But it he, really took it, he took it to a really different level. Like yeah, but honestly, yeah. out of all the movies, Batman Returns is actually my favorite. It's, you know what? It is, uh, in a way, a very personal project for the director mm -hmm. where there, there's a lot of existentialism through the Penguin, you know, that, that connects to Tim Burton where, you know, he, he's a lonely little boy mm -hmm. and he just wants to know about his family and he doesn't fit into society. It's like all the typical mm -hmm. Tim Burton tropes, you know. Yeah. It's like if Edward Scissorhands was a bad guy, you know. <laughs> and that, that's kind of what he did with it. And Honestly, people, yeah. I feel like because Warner Brothers had fucked up so royally yeah. with Batman, yeah. they were like, okay, we, we got to make it up with the Matrix and the Matrix trilogy yeah. or, or the sequels. So they put so much money towards it that they... They honestly they allow production to just like kind of ruin yeah the magic that the first movie had. There's there's a nice thing when you limit directors' budgets sometimes, mm -hmm. which is if a director has too much power and too much control, they lose track of you know what the what the story is because mm -hmm. the pacing and the Matrix uh, uh, Reloaded was it was slow it was boring i'm like when's something gonna happen in this plot because 90 percent of this plot nothing happens yeah it was it was yeah. a lot of quiet moments yeah. it was a lot of still moments it was a lot of like like oh, oh wait yeah reloaded is is the one when we finally go to zion yeah we see zion we see the people of zion they look just like uh it's just a gigantic orgy there. it, it really <laughs> is but it was and then we see we see uh, Neo and um, Trinity in this embrace during yeah. the orgy scene, in this like kind of fetal embrace, and it was like, we don't ever need to see that. I don't yeah, ever. We don't like, need to I see love him Keanu. Yeah. I love Keanu. I never need to see the crack of his ass again. I just never need to see it. <laughs> um, but honestly, I feel just like, like people with fucking holes in their backs, just sticking things in their holes. Like, well, no, the people in Zion don't have holes. 
Oh yeah, that's right. Why? How, why? Yeah, because they were they born kids? there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They were born there, so they don't have holes or anything like that. But yeah. it it was really cool to see the former. God, um, that place must smell really bad. No, because like they're all dancing in that rave. I like, feel like ugh. it smells like shea butter. Nah, it, it smells like sweat. <laughs> No, but you did, did you did you notice <laughs> did you notice that the people in Zion there were like literally no white people in Zion that it was like if they were oh, white really? they were like kind of racially ambiguous yeah. like in a way. See, I love the diversity in those films. Yeah. You know? So like technically they're supposed to be the chosen people. Mm-hmm. So you know. Yeah, and then the third one was just basically a gigantic clusterfuck. It's just if you want to take all your toys and slam them against each other. That was the third film. It was like they had the, those uh, those suits from Aliens that were shooting the Sentinels, and it's like ninety percent of the plot. Honestly, yeah. none of the technology in those last two movies holds up. Yeah, it, none. It of just it looks does. like a CGI mess. It really is a CGI mess. Even yeah. when Neo is flying through the air, I'm like, what? This, like, if you look at it yeah. on like a modern TV today. Yeah. It's like, get this fucking cartoon off of my TV. When like, I don't want to see this cartoon shit. I want to see The Matrix. When he's fighting 100 Agent Smiths and they spin the camera around. <laughs> yeah, that that looked like a video game. It, In it, the be- yeah. When it happened, yeah. it was great. Now that technology dates those two movies. Yeah. It, it, it You can't... That's why The Matrix, the first Matrix, is really, really good because that technology is not dated to me. No, it's it, not. It kind of reminds me of Terminator 2 in a way yeah. where everything is so super-duper industrial that it's like, it's kind of hard to, to age that stuff. And I think it's also just the believability of the plot. Yes. Too, that really makes it work. You it see, connected they, a little bit more to yeah. to us as humans as, than like, you know, like, we, oh, like, we got to, you know, titillate you in, with this technology. It's like, no, we don't, we yeah, don't need see, that. Agent Smith was an interesting character where he was the devil who wanted more power. And then in the sequels, they turn him into this big punchline because they already killed him. And that was gratifying when, when he took down Smith. It really when he was. crawled into his body. And, it, you know, and, and, and like you, you see him kind of like going through his eye and stuff like that. And then he explodes and you, you get that. And you see the two agents run away, which was mm-hmm. a great little joke. Like, finally, some humor in that movie. Mm-hmm. You know, that that was an amazing moment. And it, it, it felt earned at that death. But then when you bring him back and he clones himself to create the whole system as himself, that's just lazy writing. It really is. And you can tell that, like, they were rushed. You can yeah. always tell when people are rushed yeah. in um, production and writing and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Because apparently when they were making The Matrix 2 and 3, they didn't have a script ready. So they really? were literally writing scripts as they were going. And you can totally tell. You can tell when that shit happens because yeah. nothing makes sense. It's like, okay, we're going to sh- we're gonna shoot all these scenes that we just wrote and then we're going to try to make it make sense in editing. And you can't do that. Yeah, that's how it felt. It felt slapped together, like both those movies. Mm-hmm. It felt like maybe if they had time to develop something more, great. But it's, it's weird. Uh, you know, Lana and Lily, they, they haven't really, like, made anything that great since the first Matrix. No, they really haven't. And I think they're wonderful directors who have a wonderful vision who just really need a good writer, you mm-hmm. know, and they really need someone yeah. to help them with their scripts because mm-hmm. there's so much potential, but it's lost. Like, you know, <laughs> like I worked on the Tyler Perry of the scientific world. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so <laughs> sad to see 
because there's so much potential. Like, uh, Jupiter Ascending was a totally original concept. And then they just... uh, It just didn't work. It's too bad. I worked on that production. That was, like, one of the most well-organized productions I've ever worked on. But the movie just didn't pan out. Yeah, but the movie wasn't so good. Um, What did you do on production? No, it was just a PA. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But... You know, uh, having said that, I, I love uh, how diverse that Matrix film is, that first one. Because who's the uh, who's the god that's going to tell them everything? And that was the Oracle. And mm-hmm. who was it? It was a black woman. It was a black woman. Yeah. Gloria, Gloria Fisher or something like that. I got to look it up. But she was better than the uh, replacement when she tragically passed away. Yeah. Because the other one, she just sounded too, like, too, too airy. Like hello, child. Uh. But you that's that's her style of acting because I don't. Yeah, that's I can't just kind of her personality. Her I can't think of her name, but she was a uh, she played the RA in the show A Different World, and that's exactly how she spoke. And it, it used to drive me crazy. It's like she yeah. was also in Awakenings, and she was in uh-huh. an episode of Oz where she played one of the prisoners' moms. Yeah, she's always like she's always been like that. Yeah, I think her name is Anne something. She was the that. original choice, I believe, for uh, the Oracle, but they went with Gloria Foster. Gloria Foster. Yeah. That's her name. I, I totally knew wasn't looking at my phone cheating. Yeah, <laughs> Carrie Ann Moss is gorgeous. She is, oh, isn't Jesus. she? It, that just goes mm. to show you, hair can make or break you as a person. Yeah. Oh, well, did you ever see her in um, uh, Memento? No, I never, I never saw Memento, but oh, I do remember yes, her at, being a mom in that movie. What was it? Uh, oh, Disturbia. Yes, Disturbia. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, what they? I gotta look up the Matrix Revolutions. But Gloria Foster, she was kind of like this. She, she was like everyone's lovable grandma. You yeah. Know? She, she was, she wasn't a big mama, but she was, uh, she was sort of like a, a grandmama or something. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And yeah, she, she reminds me of like everyone's favorite black grandma, and she's so sweet. She mm-hmm. has the uh, cookies in the oven ready to give to you because you're because so, when they're gonna talk to this oracle, you're like what's this oracle gonna be are they gonna be in like this giant room yeah with like a wizard of oz-esque like, and you walk into the kitchen to them and she's just like this super chill person it's like yeah. hold on i'm waiting for my cookies yeah <laughs> <laughs> she, she just yeah and and she kind of makes you feel at ease like yeah. i'm gonna tell you your future but i just want you to feel laid back you know relax you know, would would you like some cookies mm-hmm. for Grandma? Um, and that, but she she was phenomenal in that movie. Yeah, she, I remember being a kid and being like really mad at the Oracle for lying to Neo. Well, she kind of had to. I know yeah. she had to, but as a kid, I didn't get it. Yeah, I didn't get it because I know, like, okay, so if somebody tells you that you're gonna be this great thing, that you have room to yeah. fuck it up. Yeah. He went into this entire thing like, no, I'm not going to do this. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm just honestly just going to be me. And then realizing that he could be it, it was like, oh, okay. Yeah. So she put she put doubt in Thomas the Doubtful's head. Yeah. And he was like, oh no, I and doubt he was that. Called, and his his name in the Matrix world was Thomas Anderson. Yeah, Thomas A. Anderson. Yeah. So Thomas the Doubtful. Thomas the Doubtful. Yeah. That was not a mistake. Oh my God. And you remember that thing? Like his birthday is 9/11. What? Really? Yes. yes. September Holy 11th shit. is his birthday. It's on uh, the... Thomas Anderson's birthday or Keanu Reeves? No, T- Keanu oh. Reeves' birthday is um, That's uh, all right. September 2nd, yeah. 1964. Okay. I'm, I'm a fan. Okay. And uh, Thomas hey, Anderson's birthday love? is uh, September, September 11th. September 11th. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's really weird. 
Because they did, I think they did have a scene in the Matrix. I don't know if they had to remove it or not, but it's kind of weird where they have that helicopter crash into the building, mm-hmm. and then it wobbles a little bit, and then it completely collapses and falls. Yeah, you know, <laughs> like a terrorist attack, which apparently in the Matrix, you know, that doesn't matter because mm-hmm. you know you, you just code the people to be away from the building or something like that. I don't know, uh, but no, it was it was great. But the Oracle gave him that information because i don't think he could psychologically handle being the one you know he couldn't have that pressure on him so he had to find out for himself that he was the one because mm-hmm. if you just put that in his mind like you're the one you're gonna save every you know everyone and everything you're gonna go how the fuck am i gonna do that and it's and you're not gonna be able to discover yourself i see his birthday yeah. september 11th Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh no no no! That's the renewal for his his birth his uh, for his ID license. for yeah. his license. September Still... eleventh, two thousand and one. Boo! Wow! Crazy, right? It's how life imitates art is very strange. <laughs> you know, it's like the Matrix planned nine eleven. I think maybe the Wachowskis right? No, <laughs> the Wachowskis planned nine eleven. Jesus! Uh, but I think have I think uh, having said. Everything I can possibly think of with The Matrix, you know, I think it's a movie that uh, will always live in film history. Uh, you know, unfortunately, it is clouded by its sequels, <laughs> uh, you know, because if it weren't for the sequels, I think there would be more admiration for The Matrix than there is today. Mm-hmm. Although there is plenty of admiration for it. It's still like people, every time they mention The Matrix, they're like, The Matrix is great, but those sequels... That yeah. always comes to mind. The sequels probably wouldn't have been that bad if they had a little bit more time. I just don't think it needed them at all. I was I was perfectly happy with the way it ended. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, it's a film that resonates with audiences. I think we're always in a simulation in a way. Like it does question our own existence, and whether you think it's soft on a sophomore level or not, it's something that connects with people. And it's something I think that always will connect to people and people will always find something out of it. Uh, but I, I absolutely, you know, even today, I would recommend you seeing The Matrix. And mm-hmm. I hope they have a version available where it's not color corrected the way it is today. Yeah, it's pretty terrible. Yeah, they're like, they didn't need to take the Bill Pulp cinematography and then, you know, just run it through, uh, you know, Adobe Color or whatever. And then mm-hmm. be like, make it more green, make it more blue. Adobe Color. <laughs> but that's kind of what they did. <laughs> but having it's said... so shady. <laughs> just... <laughs> it's like, it just seems like that's what they did. <laughs> oh, God. It's like, I, I could have done that. I could have color corrected it. But it just, they just took that, that green color wheel and just moved it up. <laughs> And that's all they did. Uh, having said that, what, 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 uh, have you seen, would you recommend The Matrix to people today? Do you think yeah. it still holds up? Yeah. Yeah, I would recommend that as well as a, a bunch of other movies that they should they should watch. Um, the, the Matrix for, you know, like a good modern uh, or semi-modern uh, action flick yeah. with like a good story and plot behind it. The yeah. Matrix is it. If you like action and you like story... And you like something that's really going to give you something to think about and mess with your brain. 
uh, The Matrix. Is it? Mm. It was the uh, it was the sort of the movie that defined the nineties. I think. Mm-hmm. It closed out the nineties. It closed out the nineties. Yeah, and uh, we don't Phantom Menace didn't. Ha ha. Suck it, George. Uh, but <laughs> having said that, yep. Thank you very much for coming on. All right, where can we find you? Is there is there any social media plugs that we can find you on? Yes, you can find me on Instagram, Jessica Lene. Uh, that is spelled Jessica the standard way. Yeah. Um, Lene is spelled L as in Larry, E as in Eric, um, yeah. N as in Nancy, A I. Um, that's at Instagram. Um, yeah. AI, me. AI as in artificial intelligence. Yes. Uh, is that another movie we can cover? <laughs> <laughs> there, I am trying to cover it with someone. Who uh, I'm trying to get on the show for a while Ooh. because that movie makes me burst out in tears every time. Really? Yeah. Wow. The ending everyone hates is the ending that makes me cry like a baby. I love that movie. That movie's amazing. Yes. Gosh. I can't oh. wait for that episode. Oh yes, yes, uh, yes. Is it who on. I think it is? What? Who? Haley Joe Osment? That's what I'm thinking. No, I'm not getting it. I don't have oh, a hit with Joe. No. Well, I don't know who you know, shit. No, the critic from RogerEbert.com. I'm trying to get out. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no. That would be great if we could hit with Joe Osman. I mean, you. hey, just reach out to him. Apparently, yeah. shit. I mean, yeah, maybe. I don't know. We'll see. Because, gosh, that, yeah. I have video of myself ugly crying to that movie. That really? Putting, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah. Follow me on Instagram, folks. All right. That's Jessica Linne on Instagram, and you can find me on YouTube at YPA Reviews. The YPA stands for you'll probably agree. Mm-hmm. And you can also find me on Instagram, on Facebook, on, uh, oh gosh, SoundCloud and iTunes, which is where you're listening to right now, either one of these two for this podcast. And that's YPA review. So go ahead and click that subscribe button or don't and say, fuck this guy. And <laughs> you can also uh, find all of my written material and everything in one hub at YPAreviews.com. Okay. So thank you very much, Jessica. And uh, this has been, you'll probably agree. All right. Well, now that I'm, now I got to go back into the matrix. Because, I don't know, I don't have a good pun for this. Goodbye. Bye, guys. Unfortunately, no one can be told what the Matrix is. You have to see it for yourself.